forth. I'm having a little bit of trouble reading right now. <laughs> My vision's just a little bit wonky, and uh, so, uh, but uh, uh, I'll be all right. Uh, but uh, uh, take your Bibles and turn to Psalms chapter uh, 16. Psalms chapter 16. I, I love this chapter. Uh, what a beautiful uh, chapter it is. What a beautiful uh, psalm of David. Uh, it's, if you notice that uh, underneath it, in my Bible, and in, in many Bibles, I know it says this, but uh, underneath uh, the, the, the book of the chapter, on your, on, 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 it says, a miktam of David. I wasn't sure what a miktam was, so I had to look it up. It's a contemplation or a meditation of David. And David was just sitting around one day and was meditating or, or contemplating the Lord, Jesus, the, the Lord God in heaven. And uh, these are his thoughts. These are, now I say these are his thoughts. They're inspired thoughts. Uh, I thank the word, uh, the Lord, that the word of God is inspired by God. It wasn't just some writings of what somebody thought or what they hoped God was. It's the, the Holy Spirit of God moved upon, uh, upon David, and he, he wrote the word of God. And uh, By the way, the kids can be dismissed. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, Brother Troy's back there waiting for his class, and they're all sitting in here listening because I forgot to dismiss them. Uh, but it's the Word of God, and it, it's, it's, it, when I say the Word of God, I don't just mean it's a Bible that we call, it's actually the words of God. So praise the Lord for that. And with that, we know that God is, the words of God are true, and that God does not lie, and His Word is unchanging. And there are many things that we can learn uh, as we study the Word that uh, man, just are exciting for us. Uh, that, that what a blessed, blessing. We're going to talk about the, the last part of this psalm and, and uh, what it is. It's a messianic psalm. Uh, we all know what a messianic psalm is. It's a, it's a psalm that was prophetic about, uh, about Jesus Christ. And uh, the, the verses that we read there in Psalm chapter 16 uh, are, are, are about Christ. Uh, if, you look, if you notice, uh, verse, uh, verse 10, specifically, uh, not just that one, but we'll, that was the easiest one. He says, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Well, who was that? That was Jesus. Right? Uh, God did not leave the son, his son, Jesus, a soul to rot in hell. What he, he was in the grave for three days. And now the Bible says that he, that he went there, to, not, not to hell, but we're to Sheol. Remember, we, we, studied, we studied hell. Uh, Jesus didn't have to go to let, Let's just put this out there. Jesus did not have to go to hell to pay for our sins. His, his, his blood was the atonement for our sins. Yeah. What Jesus did was uh, hell back in the Old Testament, or, uh, and we can see this because of Luke chapter 16, where, where the rich man and Lazarus are found. Uh, Jesus went down to Sheol, the place of death. It was a holding place for, the, for, the, uh, for, for hell and for, uh, for Moses and, the, and those who trusted in God by faith in the Old Testament. And he went down to that place to release them. The Bible says that he preached unto them, and he set captivity free. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. The Bible says now that we're, if we die, we're, uh, we're, uh, if we pass, we're no longer in this body. But where are we? In the presence of the Lord. Right now, Rose is no longer in her body. She's got new knees. She doesn't have to have. She doesn't need those. You know those two canes she's been walking around with for for, for years. Uh, she used to threaten. Well, I didn't. She didn't actually threaten me with it. But I used to tease her about knocking people with them or tripping people with the canes. She doesn't need those canes anymore. She's walking around jumping and leaping for joy. She's in the presence of heaven. Uh, uh, so so uh, praise the Lord for that. But but Jesus didn't have to spend time uh, in in hell. He was able to resurrect and now he's no longer in the, in the grave uh, he sits at the right hand of the father and praise the lord for that so that's jesus he it says it says that he uh, uh, did not 
uh, he did, where's the verse? Uh, he said, leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Uh, just, just not going to throw this out there, just, just declaring this to be the, the word of God. His body did not rot. When, when he came out of the grave, remember Lazarus? Uh, what, what did Lazarus', uh, Lazarus sister say? Oh, Lord, his, uh, Lazarus stinks. It's been four days. He stinks. Why? Have you ever smelled a dead body? Hopefully not. Marge is getting ready to cringe because... Years ago, when I was in the fire department, we got called. We got called to uh, to Randolph for a, a for a welfare check. Well, we should have checked him several days before. Uh, he passed. He passed away, and we won't go into all the, the details. But let's just say that we didn't stay there very long. We walked in and we walked right back out. Then we found him, and it was well. He was well beyond the uh, life. Uh, well, our bodies will break down. Jesus' body did not break down. Yes, he had holes in his hands and holes in his feet. He had a, he had a, a, a gap in his side. And they're still there, praise the Lord, because they're a, a symbol of what he went for, through for us on the cross. Uh, uh, but, but, but he rose again. His body never rotted. His, his body never saw corruption. The Bible says that one day uh, that we're going to get to heaven and we're going to be given a new body because we can't receive of the inheritance that God's given to us in this body, right? Uh, because that which is corrupt must put off that which is incorruptible. Man, that's going to be an exciting day. Uh, uh, this body is corrupt. Look at this body. Don't look at it too hard. It's, it's kind of scary. Uh, but look at it. It's corruptible. I'm getting older. My hair is turning, uh, turning colors. Uh, I'm not, I'm, hey, I'm not saying I'm old. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm decrepit yet, but I'm getting older, right? My hair is beginning to gray. Uh, I, I'm overweight. That's, that's not good. Uh, uh, I, 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 I recently diagnosed with some health issues. Listen, this body is I cannot wait until I, don't, I get to heaven. I don't have to wear that CPAP anymore. I, don't have to, I won't have to check my blood sugar anymore. I won't have to worry about, about the, the, those things. No, I'm not saying, what I'm saying is I won't be what I am because Jesus Jesus, because of Jesus, all because of him. The power of his resurrection is the power that saved me, but it's also the same power that's going to change me and give me a new body. Now, this isn't the message. This is just kind of leading up to it. It's, a, it's an appetizer. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for that. And every child of God should be. And we should be looking forward to that and living our lives in light of the fact that one day we're going to be in heaven instead of just being so caught up in the things of this world. And Satan is so glad to, to throw problems in our life that will cause us to stumble and fall. That cause us to grow weak and to grow tired in our Christian life. That we get discouraged. That we become at, some, at times overwhelmed. And listen, I'm not saying that there aren't real problems out there, or that we don't have real problems. And COVID's a nightmare. It might, it, 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 it's taken lives all across the, uh, the globe, uh, right down to, uh, the, uh, thankfully so far, nobody in our church has died from it, but, but it could happen. Uh, and there are other problems. There's sickness and illness and, and loss of jobs and, 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 and problems in marriages. And, and there's, there's all kinds of different things that could take place in our lives. And those things can overwhelm us. Those things can, 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 can cause us to fear and to be anxious, to be worried. Man, fear, anxious, uh, fear, anxiousness, uh, worry, uh, depression, those things run rampant around this world. And they run rampant in the church. Well, they don't need to. Because God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but the power and of love and of sound mind. 
We can overcome those things. We don't need to meditate and, 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 and just set in our minds all the problems of this world because that's when we get overwhelmed. What did Peter do when he was walking on the water? He was doing fine until he saw the winds and the waves. And instead of thinking about, hey, I'm the first person besides Jesus to ever walk on water. Right? Thank the Lord for what he's doing. No, he thought, man, it's sure windy out here. It's kind of wet. This is water, and it's not frozen. And he immediately began to sink. Thankfully, he cried out to the Lord. It was his fear. It was his worry. Why? Because he took his eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. As we read this, this passage uh, 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 in Psalm chapter 16, I want you to understand it's not, it's not talking about David. It, it is talking about David. When we talk about a messianic psalm, uh, David was writing about his, about his own life, but it's also God was having him write it in this way so that, so that we could then see Christ in that picture. Uh, and so, so, yes, it's about David, but it's about Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at this passage of Scripture uh, and, and, and see uh, the, the battle that was going on in the heart of Christ. We're going to talk about a battle uh, of the ages. Uh, anybody ever hear of Muhammad Ali? What, what, what was that, uh, what did they call that, that, that boxing match that went on? The, the, the Thriller in Manila, whatever it was called, uh, the big boxing match. Man, people were looking forward to that. That was foretold. Everybody was expecting a great fight there. It, it was widely known and widely waited for and, and widely watched. Televised all around the world. It's a better fight than that with a greater victory. Look at Psalms chapter 16. Verse 7 says, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reigns also hath instructed me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Father God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would speak to us now. Lord, may you give me the ability, the the power, the, 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 the fervency to preach your word as it's meant to be preached. God, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, you would open up our hearts and our eyes to the truth of your word. Lord, empty me of self. Cleanse me of any sin. Lord, I don't want to hinder you at all. God, I pray. Lord, I know we're not many in number, but Lord, it doesn't matter how many are here. Your word is worthy of being preached. Your name is worthy of being glorified. And Lord, there, 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 we all need you. Lord, we need your help this morning. God, I pray that you speak to our hearts. Uh, may your spirit have his way. And may your will be done. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I know we just read Psalm chapter 16, but I want you to turn over to Acts chapter 2. Psalm chapter 16. Now, actually, keep your finger here in Psalm 16. We're going to come back to it. Acts chapter 2, we're going to read three verses. We're going to start in verse 25. 
This may sound familiar to you. Peter is preaching here uh, at the, on the day of Pentecost, inspired by God, and he preaches these words. For David speaketh concerning him, that's Jesus, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, all my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life, Thou shalt make full of joy with thy countenance. Stop there. There was a battle that, was, that took place many, many years ago. It's a battle, honestly, that's still going on. We're, we're in round number, number 10 in the last few minutes of this round. But I want you to understand, uh, it's, a, it's a battle to end all battles. Uh, uh, there, there is, there aren't, uh, there, there's no wager on this battle, but there is certainly something, something that's worth something that is dependent on the outcome of this battle. Now, it's a battle that was foretold all the way back at the beginning of time, back in Genesis chapter three. In fact, it was even known about before, uh, before God said, "Let there be light." Uh, it was, it was. The Bible says in Revelation chapter, uh, in the book of Revelation, that the, 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 the foundations. Before the foundations of the, of, of, uh, the world began, that the Lamb of God was slain. This plan was in place all the way back before, uh, before uh, the earth was ever created. It was foretold in Genesis chapter 3 when, when after Adam and Eve had sinned and Adam blamed Eve for the problems and Eve blamed, blamed the serpent for her sin uh, and, and the, saint, the serpent didn't have anybody to blame. So, so and, and God punished them, or God gave them... Uh, Punished them all, but for the serpent, he said, "He said, thou shalt bruise his head, his heel, and he shall bruise thy head." Do you remember that that passage? It was a foretelling of what was going to take place. Uh, that, 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 uh, that, that one day there was there was going to be a battle that that was going to take place. That Satan was going to get his licks in. Man, uh, he, he was going to he was going to make some connections, and he was going to, he was going to do some damage. Uh, has anybody ever actually been in a fist fight? My wife raises her hand. <laughs> it wasn't us. <laughs> There's a saying. When, when, when you go into a fight, everybody has a plan. Until the first punch. Right? Because as soon as you get hit, it's kind of a... You're, you're, you're kind of on your heels. You're trying to get, you're, you're trying to get your wits about you and, and, and figure out how to protect yourself while still doing what you've, what you, what you've done. And listen, uh, we can say the same thing for Christ because even though it was all foretold, we know that God knew what was going to happen and it was, it was not just predicted, but, but it's done. Amen? When, the word, when God decides something and God says something, it's finished. Let me say it again. When, when God decides something, when God says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's finished. It's done. Yeah. We, we, we understand that, that the word of God is true and, and that God in his foreknowledge and in his sovereignty has, has made some, 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 not just some pr predictions of what's going to happen, but he said, thus saith the Lord. Amen. And we know there are some things that, are, that, that, that happen according to our free will. God wants us to do certain things, but we have a choice as to whether to be obedient 
The, the Bible says God would have all men come unto him and, and be saved. That, 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 that God's desire is every human being that's ever been born on this earth, that they would, that they would come to him by faith in Jesus Christ. But he also has given us free will, and he has allowed us to make that choice. There are billions that are dying, that, are, that have died. That are, that the Bible says that the mouth of hell is, is widening. It's getting bigger. Why? Because God never intended for people to go there, but people are choosing to go there. But there are some things that God has ordained, and they will take place. One of those things was the death of Jesus on that cross. It was foreordained. It was preordained. Before it ever happened, God said, that's going to happen. Now, Satan may have tried to stop it. Uh, uh, it may not have fully understood the plan of God because, well, his thoughts aren't as high as God's thoughts. He may have thought even that he was, that, that, that was his knockout blow. He, that was his biggest, he was going to kill the son right here and now, and that would be done with it. <laughs> but it was only down for a three count. Day one, day two, day two, three, and he rose again. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Satan didn't know and didn't understand, but, but, uh, he, but, but uh, he, he, he did his best. But remember what, that, that, what, what was prophesied, thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, I don't know about you, I've had a, a bruise on my heel before. It affects the way I walk. Right? It, it may cause me to sit down. It may cause me to be careful, uh, uh, to, to, be, to, to, to gingerly step around because, I, well, it hurts. But you know what hurts worse? Getting your head bruised. <laughs> the, the, the bruise in the heel is not fatal. Uh, your heel is an extremity. It, 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 it's felt. It, it hurts. But it doesn't end you. You know what does end you? A bruise to the head. That's what's been foreordained. Now, if you've read the book of Revelations, if you've read uh, those, those, uh, those pro that prophetic book or all the prophetic books, what you've come to understand is that there is coming a day. There is coming a day when, when Satan will be cast into hell forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. He'll never escape. That's the end. But we're not there yet, are we? He is still alive. He is still fighting. He is, still, he is still scheming. He is still manipulating. He is still attacking the lives of, of God's people. He is still in control of the minds and the hearts of, of most of the people on this earth. And listen, he, he's free to run around here and do as he pleases as long as God gives him permission to do those things. Because remember, God is sovereign. We find that in, in the book of Job when Satan comes before God and God gives Satan the, the permission to attack Job. So, so knowing all those things, uh, we, we know that battle was ongoing. And, and Jesus came, and we just celebrated Christmas. We came and was born uh, on, that, on that beautiful weather. I don't know if it was sunny, snowy, whatever day it was. He was born wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in the manger. We just celebrated his birth. But we also know that the Bible says the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. He didn't send him to, 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 to battle as a baby. He, he grew the Bible says that he grew in, the, in knowledge and, 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 and nurtured, and, and he grew in his, in, in his service to the Lord. And when he was 12, he was in the temple with teaching, and, and, and even though his parents didn't understand, he said, I must be about my father's business. Yeah. He, was, he, he never once strayed from the fight. 
He never once strayed from the path that God had set him on. When, when he was in Samaria, the Bible says he must needs go through Samaria. It wasn't normal. It was against, against the culture. But, but he had to go there. Why? Because it was ordained by God. He was being obedient. There was, there was a woman that was going to be coming to a well. There was going to be, there was a whole, a, a whole town there in the region of Samaria that, that, that was going to hear about this man who, who told her about, uh, about everything she had ever done. And they were all going to become believers and followers in Jesus Christ. The disciples came back. They'd gone into that town. Remember, if you remember, they came, they came back. They, were, they, they brought food because they were hungry. And, and they offered it to Jesus. And he said, I have meat that you know not of. What's that meat? The service unto the Lord. His father, he was about his father's business. He came not to, to heal, although he healed. And, and, and listen, he came not to, 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 to comfort, although he comforted. He, he came not to have compassion, though he had compassion. Those are just, the, that's the nature of God. But I want you to understand something. He came to die on that cross and to raise three days later. It was prophesied, it was foretold. Satan was battling against it, but it was going to happen. I want to, I want to set, the, set the, uh, the arena for you. Days before, uh, uh, the, uh, shortly before uh, the crucifixion, something took place, do you remember? The Garden of Gethsemane. Our Savior went. He stepped into that arena knowing what was set before him. He stepped into that arena knowing what, what he was to accomplish. But he, on his shoulders, he bore the burden and the weight of the entire world. Have you ever had a weight upon you? Stress or, or struggles or problems? Man, he had it all. Listen, there's been times when, we've been, when we can get discouraged, when we can become overwhelmed and, and with, with even the simplest things. Sometimes when I think about the things that, that overwhelm us, uh, man, it's just like, why, why did I struggle with that when I look back? Why was I worried about that? Why was I afraid of that? Why, uh, why, did I, why, why does it even now sometimes seem heavy to me? Because we make the problem bigger than it is. But I want you to see what Jesus did. See, he went in, he stepped into that, and I want you to know, he stepped into that battlefield alone. He brought his friends with him. He says, won't you stay and pray with me for a little while? Ever go to a fight and bring some friends? I hope not. I hope you didn't go to a fight. We're not supposed to go out and fight. But, but the idea is you don't, go, you don't want to go to a battle alone. Uh, so, so, you, so you bring some others with you. But, but instead of them being behind him, the enemy stood up, and they all went, they all went running. They, they were weak in the flesh. They fell asleep. He says, well, they, uh, well, uh, well uh, so I want us to understand, he, he, he was there, he was alone. The, the way the world and, and every soul that was ever to be born was upon his shoulders. And he fought that battle to the very end. I want us to go back and look at Acts chapter 16. Sorry, not Acts chapter 16, sorry. Psalm chapter 16. He said, I have set the Lord always before me. 
because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. I want you to understand something. Because he had always set God before him, the pre- and he walked in the presence of God. Jesus, the Son of God, God the Son, uh, uh, the, he was the fullness of the Godhead bodily, uh, in the flesh, uh, uh, he was God. I want you to understand that he, he never, uh, he, he, he set aside his glory, but he didn't set aside his divinity. He was always God. So he walked in the presence of God. I don't know about you, but it would have been awesome to hear him pray. Nobody could get a hold of God the Father like God the Son. Every time he said, Father in heaven, man, the presence of God must have filled that place. And why do you think the disciples, after hearing him pray, said, Lord, teach us to pray? How many times do you think they bowed their head as children and as men growing up? How many times do you think they heard others pray and the Pharisees pray and they thought, man, he prays differently than everybody else? Why? Because the presence of God would come and fill that place and they knew it was different. He got the ear of God every time he prayed. They saw him do things that they had never seen before. Uh, and the Spirit of God was upon him to heal. Now, yes, he was God, but he was still in the flesh. And, and the Bible says that, that, that when he was at the, uh, at the, 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 the house uh, where they dropped, the, the, where they dropped the, the man through the, the ceiling, it says that the, the Spirit of, of the Lord was upon him to heal. He needed the power of God. While he was God, he still needed the Spirit of God to empower that, his, his physical flesh to enable him to do that. But he had it. I don't know about you, but I wish that every time I prayed, that I every time I prayed, that I could get a hold of the ear of God. Every, I wish that every time I served or I did something for the Lord, that the power of God would just fill me, that I would be able to accomplish what would, what would bring honor and glory to Him. Man, what a way to be able to walk in that. He did that. He did that. He didn't allow the Pharisees mocking him or, or trying to trip him up to, to, to mess up. Listen, he was God, yes, but he was also flesh. He was tempted, just like you and I were, the Bible says, yet without sin. He went through all the same things that we go through. All those worries, all those fears, all those things that, that Satan whispers in your ear that can, that can be overwhelming unto you. And here on this day where he's, he, he's in Gethsemane, his friends have fallen asleep, and they fell, fall asleep over and over again. It's not just they fell asleep once and, and then they were there with them. No, he went and woke them up. And then he went back and woke them up again. Finally, he says, just go ahead and sleep. You're tired. Uh, uh, listen, uh, he, 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 he did all those things. And he didn't quit. You know why he didn't quit? Because the presence of God was always there. He said, he says there, I have set the Lord always before me. And his eyes are upon God. Think about it. When you, when you set something in front of you, it's because you're focused upon that thing. How many of you guys have a TV in your house? Okay, where is your couch situated? Is it is it facing the opposite direction? No. Is it facing the television? Why? Because it's set before you. You want to be able to see what's on there. You, that's why it's on the wall. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, uh, but it, it illustrates the point that when we set something before us, it's, it's, it's there so that we can watch it. It's there so that we can learn from it. It's there so that we can focus upon it. And listen, Jesus Christ was focused upon his relationship with God always. He was there. And, and, he, says, and he understood that the, the power that he had. He understood that the strength that he had was from the spirit of God. He said, "For he's on my right hand. 
everything he did while he was here on this earth, he did through the Spirit of God. Because of his flesh, he needed the Spirit, just like we need the Spirit. Because he, he, he went through the same trials, the same weaknesses of his flesh that we have. But he didn't sin. He didn't succumb to those things. He needed that spirit. A wonderful example for us that we should walk in the spirit and that we should keep God at our forefront. But so many times uh, we, we have other things at our forefront. The, the message, the title of this morning is, uh, well, I've got several slides. But what's set before you? What is it that is the center focus of your life that, keep, that will keep you on the right path, that will keep you from straying? That, 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 that thing that, that, that what, what is it? Because that's, that's the direction you're walking. Now, now, there are some, and if you look at, uh, if you go back a couple of verses, David is saying the same thing. He says, Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. Uh, that's a the desperate cry. He's crying out for help. This must have been a time of, uh, of trial in his life. He had many of those. We don't know what it is. But, but it was uh, aimed at God. He says, preserve me, O God. He wasn't asking uh, uh, his uh, Joab or, or, or the, 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 uh, the mighty men or his army to preserve him. Listen, uh, he had an army at his disposal, men that could do great and mighty things. But who did he ask for help? God. He didn't check into his bank account. Listen, he was king. Did you you read about what what, what Solomon did and and, and what he used to build a temple, the gold and the silver and all the the, the beautiful and expensive things? Much of that stuff was set aside by David in preparation of the temple because David had a desire to build the temple. He didn't say, look at all I got. I can buy my way out of anything. If I had money, all my problems would go away. No, the more money you have, the more problems you have. Now, that's not a, there's, there's no sin in having money. The Bible says that, that, that not that money is the root of all evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil. He didn't depend upon his money. He depended upon God. He didn't depend upon his friends. He depended upon God. He didn't just put this out for everybody. Hey, I need somebody to come preserve me. No, he said, preserve me, oh God. But notice what, what else he, he did here. There in verse, chapter 16. It says, O oh my soul, thou hast said to the Lord, Thou art my good, sorry, thou art my Lord, my goodness ex- ex- extendeth unto thee. Uh, he was dependent upon God, but, but notice as a humble acknowledgement, he, he humbled himself before God and, and, and it said, You're my Lord. You're my master. That's what Lord means. Uh, 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 he says, you're my master, and I'm your servant. And that next, that next phrase, well, uh, it took me a, a little bit to, to understand it. What, it. what it means is, there he says uh, in verse, verse uh, 2, he says, my goodness extendeth not to thee. What, he, what he's saying, what that phrase means, is that, is that my goodness is nothing compared to thee. He says, the best, I'm nothing without you, is what he's saying. How humbling is that? It's humbling when you say, listen, uh, I love, she is my better half. When I lower myself, what am I doing? I'm humbling myself. David looked at God and says, God, I may be king. I may have slain Goliath. I may have led armies to victory. God, I may have more money than, than, than is healthy for any man. God, I may have more uh, popularity than any other king has ever had. He was only the second king. But uh, he goes, I may have all of these things, but Lord, without you, I'm nothing. That should be all of us. That should be our heart. We, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't lift up ourselves and exalt ourselves because, listen we're, we all, listen, we're all in the same boat David is. We're not king. 
We're not, we're not wealthy, we're not, well, we're not powerful, we're not, we're, we're, we're not, we may not be popular, but we're all in the same boat. We all need God. And we, and we all fall short of the glory of God. So David acknowledged his need for God. He acknowledges in his humility. Uh, but he observed something. This was a point I was trying to get at here. He says, uh, he says but to the saints that are in the earth, verse 3, uh, and to the excellent in whom is all my delight, their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after, after another God. He says those that, that have, have taken their eyes off of God, those who are looking elsewhere for their protection, those who, who, who are looking into themselves or looking to their friends or their finances or whatever else, those that are seeking after other gods that they worship, listen, their sorrows are going to multiply. Why? Because their God is deaf. Their friends can't help them. Uh, 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 mankind is limited in what it can do. Guess what? Your bank account can go empty at any day in time. Somebody could take your, your somebody could steal all your money. Uh, we can't put our trust in things that, that rust and corrupt. Uh, we can't put our trust in ourselves because uh, our, we're weak and, and, and fallible. We can't put our, our trust in mankind because mankind's arm is short and they're, 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 they're limited. But God is not limited. God is able. God is powerful. God has all the money that there is. Uh, he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills and all the gold underneath. Uh, he needs nothing to be able to preserve us. He needs nothing to be able to protect us. He needs nothing to be able to uphold us. So rest in God. Don't rest in anything else. Why do you think Jesus was able to, to make it through the Garden of Gethsemane? Because his eyes were on God. He never once strayed from the path, not in his life and not in the hardest part of his life. When, when the Bible says he sweat great drops of blood. I don't know about you, but I've never done that. And I've sweated. I've sweated so much it was disgusting. Uh, 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 all the ladies say all sweat's disgusting. Uh, uh, there, there, I was working out years, a couple years ago and exercising. I was, on, I was on this. We had these blue exercise mats working at home. And I, got, I laid down on the mat to do sit-ups or crunches or something. I don't remember what it was. And I got up off the mat. And the mat had a, a me-shaped mark on it. And then I looked in the mirror and my shirt was, it looked like somebody had dumped a five gallon bucket over my head. And I, as soon as I saw that, I walked to my wife and said, hey, honey, I love you. <laughs> and she ran the other way. But you know what wasn't in that sweat? Blood. I worked as hard as I physically could. I was ready to throw up. But there was no blood in that sweat. Now Jesus wasn't physically working hard. He was kneeling. He was praying, but where, how was it spiritually and emotionally? The stress level on, on Jesus was higher than, 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 than anybody ever on this. Why? Because he bore the weight of the whole world upon his shoulders on that night. He knew that, 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 his, that he knew that he was to die. He knew that he was to suffer. He knew that he was going to, 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 to go through things that, that were going to be painful and, and, and hurtful. He was going to be mocked. He was going to, be, uh, he was going to have, have those who were going to reject him. Uh, uh, one of the men on the cross made fun of him, rejected him. The other accepted, uh, uh, accepted him. But he knew he was going to, going to go through some difficult times, but he did it because God was set before him. God's purpose was before him. And he knew that, that his job was to finish those things and that God was going to strengthen him to do it. Listen, we all have a life to live. We're all called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, your path and my path may be different. 
There's a, there's a, how many of you remember the passage uh, in Scripture where Jesus tells Peter, uh, lovest thou me three times, or ask him three times? At the end of that, Peter, uh, he says something to, about, he says something, and Peter believes that what he means is that John is, even though he's going to die in a specific way, because uh, Jesus said something concerning his death, that John was going to live forever. And he says, well, what about him? And Jesus says, don't you worry about him. Follow me. See, your path might be different from my path. My path might look, might look rosy and joyful and, and spread with roses and, and, and gold li silver lines and everything maybe look hunky-dory from your perspective. But you don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what you're going through. But those things don't matter. Although we're to pray for one another, just follow Jesus. Now that being said, in doing that, keep God ahead of you. He says, I have set him. That's a choice. You can set anything before you. You can set your career. I know people that have set their careers. At one point in time in my life, I had set my career at the forefront. I was a, I was a paramedic. I was at the top of my game. I, 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 I loved it. In fact, we were talking about this the other day. Jess was talking to the kids because uh, Zeke and Zeke and Hannah weren't alive. Or sorry, Zeke was, wasn't born yet when I was when I was working as a paramedic. And so she was talking to them about it. And and I, when we first started dating, she'd asked me about it. And I said I will never do anything else. I was so happy. And God took that away from me. When I say that, He did it for a reason. And, and I'm not upset about it. I'm not angry about it. I, 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 I thank God for it because he redirected me to, to his will. But, 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 but in all of that, I, I, I had, at one point in time, my career was everything. I worked 100 hours a week, and I loved it. I didn't complain. It didn't hurt my bank account either. <laughs> I, 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 somehow I still spent all my money, even though I was always at work. But, you know, whatever. I, I, I loved it, but that wasn't. My, that wasn't life. Man, that was not, in the end, guess what? I was miserable. Because there's no joy in your career. Now, you may make some, and I'm not saying that if you have a career that that's bad. I'm not saying that if, you, if, you're, if you're glad that you make some accomplishments that that's bad. I, I'm not. Again, remember, everybody's path is different. God doesn't call everybody to be missionaries. God doesn't call everybody to be pastors. God doesn't, but God does call us all to be disciples. So whatever your path is, whatever, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. So, uh, but, but that was my path. Other people, it's their family. Family is a good thing. I'm thankful for the family God's given me. But some people, instead of putting God at the forefront, will put their family at the forefront. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's, hey, listen, anything that you put there, anything that you set before you, that you strive for, that you look for, that that's where you try to garner your strength, your hope, or, 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 or your health. Unless it's God, it's the wrong thing. Amen. Jesus was looking unto the Father there in Psalms 1, in Psalm chapter 16. He says, he is at my right hand. His power is there. Notice what he says next. I shall not be moved. Aren't you glad he wasn't moved from his from his goal? If Jesus Christ had been moved from his goal, Satan would have won. 
Now remember what's getting ready to take place. Uh, uh, Satan was going to bruise his heel, according to Genesis chapter 3. He was going to get in his legs, and he is here. There's a battle going on in this place. The the flesh of Christ, that physical part of him, he was was struggling. That's why he was sweating great drops of blood. That's why he was praying. That's why he prayed that if there's any way that this cup could pass from me, but not my will. I will be. That battle was going on in him. But he said, I will not be moved. I'm thankful that he wasn't moved. But let me tell you this. I'm saddened by the number of Christians, the number of people that, that claim the name of Christ, that, that are saved, but they're moved from their walk of Christ. They're moved from the service of God. God would have them do this but they would rather do this. That saddens me. It saddens me that on a Sunday, when, and I'm not talking about when people are sick. Listen, if you're sick, stay home, okay? Whether it's COVID or you got the flu, I don't care. Stay home. Nobody else wants to get sick. However, don't use other things as an excuse as why not to come to church. Do I need to sing the excuses song again? <laughs> Whether you're, uh, listen, uh, if we'll get around the, the car trouble we have on Sunday, on Sunday morning, on Monday morning, so that we can go to work, figure it out on Sunday morning so you can be here. Now, uh, sometimes things happen and you might be late. Guess what? I don't care if you're late to church. Come! God doesn't care either. If he's done something, there's a reason for it. But your desire should be there. To be, to be there, or here, for that matter. Uh, and don't, don't, uh, listen, if, if one kid's sick at home, that doesn't mean everybody's got to stay at home. Unless there's only one parent. If, if, uh, I'm not trying to trot on any toes here, but if, if, if something besides God is keeping you out of, out of the, church, the church house, there's a problem. And again, I'm not saying that everybody has to be here for every service, but if you don't go to church for a week or two weeks or three weeks... The longer you're out of church, the easier it gets to stay out of church. And Satan is much, it's easier to accept those excuses. It's easier to come up with them too. After a while, you won't need any excuses. I'll be honest, I've seen, I've seen a progression of, of folks that leave the church. Uh, if they if they're, they're here, they're faithful for a while, and and they start to get they they, they stop putting God in the forefront. You, you see them whatever out, outward activities they're in, they kind of start withdraw from those, and then uh, they stop coming on they stop coming to church on Wednesday night. They stop coming to church on two, on Sunday night and or afternoon, and then they they're sitting in the back of the church, and they're here, but then they're not. Why? Because they took their eyes. They didn't set God at the forefront. Now, I'm not saying that people, that everybody that has left our church has left for Perry Jones is pastoring another church. He left our church a long time ago, didn't he? Yeah. A really long time ago. He's an old man. Make sure you tell him that, brother. I will. I, I tell him too. <laughs> but, all right, he, he, God called him to a different place to, to serve and to minister and to, to, to start a church in Portland, Maine. 
Actually, he started a church elsewhere. He made his way back to Portland, Maine over a period of, what, 15 years or so. But, but praise the Lord, he's serving God where he's at. And, and, and God put him there. And God does that with people. But what God doesn't do is, is call you out of church to sit at your house to, to sleep in on Sunday morning and not go to church. I'm going to step on that toe a little harder. I'm not, honestly, I'm not trying to step on toes. I'm just trying to preach the truth. God wants us to set him first. Yes, yes. And if we set him first, we will not be moved. Because right. God has given us all direction in our life. Amen. God has given us the word of God to give us a general direction. Yeah. That the, There are certain things in our life that we're supposed to do. And as we do those things, we grow and we mature and we're able to endure and go through, through uh, the, the different situations. God uses our lives and the circumstances to help us to grow more as he, as he comes alongside us and upholds us. And we grow and we grow and we grow. And, and, and then if we, at some point, he may even have a specific will for your life. And God might call you to be a Sunday school teacher. Or God might call you to, to be a preacher. Or God might call you to be a missionary and say, oh, I'm old. That's okay. Think God cares? He knows how old you are. How old was Moses when God called him to go and lead the people out of, out of Egypt? 80. Anybody here 80? So, there you go. That's all right. He was 80 when he brought him out. He had to lead him for a long time, didn't he? There was 40 years that he walked with them through the wilderness. Now, if any of you guys make it to 120, I want to see it. <laughs> I probably won't be around to see it, but I'd like to see it. I'll be, I'll be seeing it from heaven. Uh, but uh, uh, listen, what, we, have, we have no idea what God's plan is for life unless we listen to it, unless we're open to it. And, but prayerfully, we shall not be moved. Continue on there in verse, uh, look at verse, uh, verse uh, 9. He says, therefore my heart is glad. Remember, this uh, uh, Acts chapter 2, it says that Jesus said this. Uh, Peter, as he's preaching, he says the same thing. Jesus said, my heart is glad. He is struggling. He is going through this, but there is gladness or joy in his heart. Why? Because the Bible says, because here it says that joy is found in the presence of God. Even though he was there alone, that his friends, the disciples, were out there sleeping and left him alone. Even though he'd had to wake them up twice and they still fell asleep, he was not alone. You know the Bible says in Luke chapter 22 that an angel ministered to him? Whew. I remember the first time I read that, I was like, ooh, that's really cool. An angel ministered to him when he was being tempted for 40 days uh, uh, back in Matthew as well. Uh, an angel came and ministered to him uh, after the temptation was over. Listen, God did not leave him. He was there. So yes, his heart was glad. There should be joy in our hearts. You know why we lose joy? Because we aren't in the presence of God. Because the Bible tells us in the presence of God is fullness of joy. If, if God is not at our forefront, if something else is, guess what? We're not going to be joyful. When, sir, we might be happy. Listen, I would love a brand new, well, it wouldn't be brand new. I would love a, 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 a uh, was it 53 Thunderbird? No, Corvette. I'd love a 53 Corvette. That's, that's the car. I, there, there, I love a bunch of different cars, but I'm trying to think, put the right year and the right model together. Uh, uh, that's a, that's a, I think the first year that they made Corvettes. I would love one of those. It would make me happy. But guess what? If I had a 53 Corvette and my house burned down, I ain't so happy anymore. Why? Because circumstances affect my happiness. 
But if my joy comes from the presence of God, and I have the presence of God in my life, you can burn my house. You can take my car. You can take my health. And as hard as it could be, you could take my family. And I could still find joy. Now, that doesn't mean I wouldn't grieve. It doesn't mean I wouldn't, I wouldn't be hurting. But I could still have joy. Why? Because I have the presence of God in my life. Listen, Jesus knew that he was going to have to suffer. That Satan was going to get his licks in. Uh, that, that he was going to be hurting. He knew that there was, a, there was a, a battle in the midst of it. And listen, the Bible says, by his wounds we are healed. Or by his stripes we are healed. That we, he was wounded for our transgressions. He went through physically, uh, he went through mentally and spiritually some terrific trauma. But I want you to understand, he did that for you and for me. He took those licks. He may have wavered. He may have gotten knocked down for three, for three days, but he got back up. Amen. And he delivered a blow to Satan that he's still reeling from. When he died on the cross, the Bible said he had victory over sin. He who was sinless, who, who, he who knew no sin, even though he was tempted, died for the sins of all men, the Bible tells us. Man, bam! Yes. Why? Because that was the first thing Satan did to mankind. He caused, us, he caused Adam and Eve to sin. By, now, it was their choice, but he tempted them. He caused them to doubt and to question the word of God, caused them to, to reject what God had said, and to rebel against the word of God by eating that fruit. And, and, and Adam could blame Eve all he wanted, but he stuck it in his own mouth and chewed it up and swallowed. It was his fault. So guys can't blame your wives for everything. <laughs> Rich. <laughs> Understand that, 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 he, that, that was his first punch, the first thing he did to mankind, and the first way, the, how he got control of mankind. But man, Jesus, Jesus died on that cross and bam! A little dazed. Three days later, he rose from the grave. Uppercut right to the jaw. Now, have you ever seen somebody who was kind of out on their feet? Man, I, I, I used to, don't, don't, don't be upset. I used to watch um, mixed martial arts before it became popular. Uh, the very first Ultimate Fighting, I, I was like 18, I was doing jujitsu. Uh, I was really into the stuff. My teacher gave me uh, some videos of the first couple years. That was back when there were no rules uh, other than you weren't allowed to gouge people's eyes and you weren't allowed to bite. That was it. Uh, uh, there were no weight classes, so you could have a little skinny guy fighting a sumo wrestler. In fact, I saw that fight. It was awesome. <laughs> the little skinny guy won. Anyways, <laughs> uh, 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 there, was a, there was a fight. There was a champion. The guy's name was Mark Coleman. Uh, he was a wrestler. He, he, was, man, he was a big, big muscular guy. And he was fighting this young kid. He was like 20 years old. Um, and uh, uh, man, he, was, uh, he was not very big. He wasn't very small. He was about my size. But Mark Coleman was a big, big heavyweight wrestler. And I don't mean like WWE. I mean like college wrestling. It was wrestling like, the, like you would in college, uh, the Greco-Roman stuff. And, and, and so, so every time uh, Mark Coleman go, would go in, the guy would kick him in the leg. And he'd kick him in the leg. And the guy would wrestle him down every once in a while. And he, he would be able to defend himself. He'd stand back up. And he'd kick him in the leg. And he'd kick him in the leg for, for, for four, five rounds. Fifth round. He gets there. And this big, muscular guy can barely stand now because his knee's about to go out. Because he's like this. And that, that kid went like this. And 
Coleman put his hands down because he couldn't take another kick. He knew he got one more kick. He, his leg was done. That foot, instead of going to the knee, came up, clocked him right in the side of the head, and you could see it in his face. He went, literally, like a statue, fell over. He was out on his feet. It was, it was awesome. Now, not so much for him. Maybe he caused some brain damage. Who knows? But it was really cool to see. Listen, Satan just got clocked upside the head by, that, by a roundhouse kick by Jesus Christ when he raised from the dead. And he's out on his feet now. Yes, we know he's, he's still kind of wobbling around. He's, he's, he's trying to get in his licks with you and me, but he doesn't have control over you and I anymore because we have victory in Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, there's going to be a day and time when, when we raise from this body where, 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 where flesh is gone and we're no longer under control. Why? Because we've been taken from death unto life all because of Jesus Christ. And while it may seem like, like we're, in this, listen, we're in this battle too, and it may seem at times like he's in control, it may seem that, that he has got us down, but I want you to understand that in Jesus Christ, he has no control over you, that he's out on his feet, he's wobbling back and forth, and there's going to come a time when he falls down and never gets back up again. Amen. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus, as he knelt in that, in that garden of Gethsemane, was not moved. From what God had called him to. He says, My heart is glad, my glory rejoiceth, my flesh also shall rest in hope. Listen, all of Jesus was resting in the Father. Why? Because Jesus had set him before him. So we can do the same thing. No matter how weak, no matter how tired, no matter how difficult life seems, no matter how many times you get COVID or, or how many few people come to church. Listen, hey, 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 don't worry about everybody else. Look at yourself and say, God is still my God. I am still saved. I still have a home in heaven. My hope rests in him. Amen. Don't worry about the little trinket things in this world because it's all going to pass away someday. You could lose the heat in your house and the electricity and not be able to pay any of your bills. Guess what? God is still on the throne, and you still have a home in heaven. You don't need to worry and, and, and allow those things to consume you. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to pay your bills. I'm not saying you should just go sit in the desert somewhere and wait for God to take you home. We're to, we're to live in this world, but not be of this world. We're, to, we're, we're, we're pilgrims traveling through. And while we're here, we're to, we're, we're to bring honor and glory to God in everything that we do. Why? Because... God has set before us. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Turn there real quickly. I want to encourage you something. We know this chapter. We've talked about it before. This is wherefore, verse 1, wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, just like Jesus did. Jesus is set before us. He ran his race. He did not waver from the mark. Don't you either. Now listen, there are witnesses up in the clouds. Roses. Rose is a part of that. So is Pastor Williams. They're up, th they're up there. Uh, there's something Mike said, said uh, at the nursing home uh, the other day after, after she left. He goes, I've got to be careful now. She's watching. We need to be careful all the time because God's watching. 
But, but uh, there is a great cloud of witnesses. But, but listen, they're cheering us on, and that, that's all well and good. But, but, but don't worry about them so much. Set the Lord before you. Walk, listen, your, your path might have stones that you've got to step over. You might even trip and stumble once in a while. But get back up and keep going. Why? Because you're not at the finish line. Jesus is there. He's waiting for you to get there. His arms are outstretched. He's rooting for you. He, he's, he, he's, he, he is, his heart is, is desirous of you. He's going to the Father for you. He, he, he's waiting for you to cross that finish line. But you're not there until you die or until Jesus comes back. So keep moving. Continue on reading there in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied in your minds. Don't let this world weary you. Keep your mind on Christ. Man, the news will weary you. COVID will weary you. Your problems will weary you. They'll distract you. Uh, uh, your work can weary you. Everything in this world, everything about this world that's temporary, man, it can weary you. Keep your mind on Christ. Keep your mind on Christ. Strive. Continue on. Don't give up. It says, verse 4, you have not yet resisted unto blood. Striving against sin. Listen, no matter how difficult it is, no matter what, what, what sin it is you're wrestling with, or what, 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 and by the way, anything that's not a faith is of sin. So if, if there's worry or fear, the Bible says not to do that. But in prayer, give everything over to God. So worry, and now there are thoughts of worry that everybody has. What do we do with those thoughts, right? What do we do? Do we allow those things to consume us? Or do we then say, God, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about this. This is a need. Please take care of it and walk away. That's what he says to do. And he says, the peace of God, which passes all understanding. See, but I, but, but I, I come, I, I'm reminded of it again. It's because Satan knows it's a weakness. So you're reminded of it again. Guess what you do? Lord, God, I, 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 I know I already prayed. But Lord, I, 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 I'm worried about this. Please forgive me. Please help me. Move on. And guess what? Satan might bring it up. Eventually, Satan's going to stop bringing it up and keep turning over to the Lord. Because your faith and you're resting in him. You're not, rest, you're not worried about those things because those things are temporal. And yes, they may affect you, but ultimately, nothing can. If you're, if you're willing to give your life for God, nothing else really matters. Not in the long run, not, not seriously. Bob said you have not strived against blood. I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that he finished his course. I'm thankful that, 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 that he kept the Father set before him. I'm thankful that he rejoiced in that and he rested, rested in God according to, to Acts chapter 16. Uh, turn back there real quick. We're almost done. Says, he says, Thou wilt show me the, the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Right now Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. 
And let's guess what? There are pleasures for him forevermore. He has been returned to the glory which he once had that he, des- that he always deserved. Uh, he left it to come to, to, come to earth, but, he, but he's been returned to that. He is now uh, being adored by millions of those who, who worship him uh, now up in heaven, who have died in their faith, and, and they're, 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 uh, they're adoring him and they're worshiping him, and th- those are his pleasures. He finds our prayers pleasing unto, unto himself. Uh, uh, he, there is pleasures for him evermore. Guess what? There will be pleasures for us forevermore too. At the end of this life, listen, this life may be awful. Yeah, we, uh, some of the, the apostles all suffered tremendously. They all died for their faith. Uh, uh, John the Baptist, or John the Baptist, John, uh, the apostle John was the only one who was not, who was not considered a, uh, a martyr for his faith. While he was boiled in oil, he didn't die. I think I'd rather just get my head cut off. It hurt a lot less. He, uh, have you ever been burnt? Uh, especially your entire body. Yes. It's amazing he survived. You know why he survived? Because God wasn't done with him yet. He still needed direct revelation. Uh, uh, but but understand, he, he kept the course. He didn't get moved from it. He, even though he, he, he saw that pot coming, he could have said, you know what, I give up, guys. No. He kept the course. He did what he was, what he was supposed to do. And he was obedient to the Lord. Maybe we do the same thing. Now listen, uh, that, 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 uh, that, that death on the cross man, it brought salvation to all men. Without it, there'd be no salvation. And if, if there's somebody here today that's never been saved, uh, I want you to understand, uh, if there's somebody online watching uh, that you've never by faith trusted in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ died for you so that you could have eternal life. For God so loved the, the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You have a choice to make. Will you choose Christ or will you choose this world? One of those things will end. And one of those things will multiply your sorrows. The other is God. Maybe you're a child of God here, and I believe most of us, if not all of us, are. And it, it, listen, it, I don't know about you, but this world is wearisome. And I, I, I'm growing exhausted of COVID. I'm growing exhausted of hearing folks in our church that are sick and unable to be here. And I, I wanna, it was great to see Brother, Brother Troy walk in here today. I said, oh, a weary traveler. Uh, he traveled. He was gone for a few weeks because they were out of town. Uh, but then he came back, and his wife was sick. Now, I'm not saying they had COVID. Uh, but, but because uh, so they, out of carefulness, they stayed home. And I've got no problem with that. I'm not, I'm not accusing them of anything. Uh, I was excited to see him. It's discouraging when folks aren't here. But guess what? My hope isn't in how many people are sitting in these seats. My hope is in God. I don't get up here and preach, and I don't give a half effort because there are only a small group here, right? I, I, listen, I'm here because I want to please and honor God, and I want to bring glory to his name. And listen, if it's just my wife and my kids sitting here, they'd hear the same message. But if you're here today and you're weary, or you're, 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 you're overwhelmed, or you're discouraged, or, or you're just tired of all that's going on, you're not sure that you can go on, look to Jesus. Lift up your head. And take another step. Because it's not over. Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans chapter. Well, he wrote to the Romans in all of Romans. But look at the last verse of the book of Romans. Romans chapter 16. He ends with this. Romans chapter 16. I guess you didn't quite end with it. Romans chapter 16, verse 20, as he's closing here. He says, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. 
the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. What does that say? You got Satan. He's out on his feet. We get to get in on the fight. It isn't over yet. He's not down. May God use us to bruise Satan. How do we do that? We get to get in our own legs. We get to serve God. We get to keep on. We get to, 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 to walk whatever path that God has set before us. Keep on, keep on, keep on keeping on, and never, 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 ever stop. And we get out and we tell others about Jesus Christ. You don't say, well, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's, it's wintertime, and it's COVID, and it's cold out. I'm just going to sit at home. Guess what? You can pray. They got this, they got this newfangled thing that's a, a bane to my existence called social media. You can message somebody. You, they got these things that were invented years ago by the guy named Bell. You can call somebody. They've got these, these things that were invented a long time ago. It's called writing. You can send a letter to somebody. Don't. I know we're getting, I know we're getting crazy here. You can, you can, guess what? You go to work, you can talk to somebody. You go to the store, you can do the same thing there. You got family dropping in, hey, take the opportunity if they're lost. Or you can go out. Listen, I, I, I know that people are scared of knocking on doors. I get it. it, it when you walk up to a stranger's door, you say, hi, I'm from Fellowship Baptist Church. Most of the time, you're not going to get a good response. Not because we have a bad name, because Jesus has a bad name. They use it as a curse word. Right? And they're, they're not looking to hear about the, about the Savior, but they need to hear about the Savior. If you've got any other way that we can reach the 18,000 people in the city of Augusta besides going outside of the walls of this, this building and, and personally talking to people, then I'm in for it. I don't know that there are many other more effective ways. It may take time. It might take effort. But we need to do it. We haven't done, we haven't done it because of COVID. Guess what? We're starting it back up again. I hope you join me. Why? Because I want to get some licks in. I, I, know he's re, we, I know Satan's reeling. I know he's out on his feet. I know what's going to happen. He's going to fall down and never get back up again. But I want to get my licks in too. I want to bruise him by serving Jesus. I want to bruise him by telling others about Christ. More importantly than, than getting, getting my licks in, I want to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. I'm a purchased possession. He died for my sins. If he hadn't died, I'd be nothing. I am nothing without God. Everything I am is nothing without Christ. No matter how good I am in my career, no matter how, how great I raise my family, I could have the biggest career and the greatest family and the greatest bank account. And I could be popular at I can be popular and powerful, but if I don't have Christ and I don't please and honor God with my life, then I have done nothing. What the world considers success, God considers failure. I don't want to be successful according to this world. So what's that mean? I need to sell out to Christ. Oh, you're getting kind of... Let's be honest. Most of us live, while we're busy, live lives that are to ourselves. Jesus didn't save us to stay to ourselves. He saved us so that we could go and tell the world about the one who can save them. God help us. Father God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I, I, I pray that your spirit would have your way with each one of us. Lord, I am so grateful that Jesus died on that cross. Lord, I'm even more grateful that he rose from the grave. Lord, that, uh, that
that, uh, that he is no longer uh, under the influence, of, uh, under the attack of Satan, Lord, but uh, we've, he's already delivered the, the final blow. Lord, I, I am thankful that because of his victory, God, we can have victory. God, I pray that he would inspire us, uh, Lord, in his perseverance and his endurance. Lord, help us to endure. Help us to persevere. Lord, uh, we're weak. Lord, we are needy. God, we need you. God, I pray that you would strengthen us. I pray that you would renew us. I pray that you would help us. Lord, inspire us to, to do great things for you. Lord, we can't do those things without you. But God, I pray that you would lead us to them. Lord, that we might see others saved and brought to Christ and discipled, Lord. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.